Hi, you're listening to the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for taking charge of your health, and I'm your host, Dr. Madged. So I received a request on Facebook. Dear House Call Doctor, would you do a podcast about ringing in the ears in the future? What a great suggestion. Thank you. Ringing in the ears is actually referred to as tinnitus in doctor lingo and is quite common. In fact, approximately 50 million people in the U.S. suffer from this annoying medical condition. So let's learn what tinnitus really is, what can cause it, and how you can treat it. First of all, if you've ever experienced it, you know what it feels like. Tinnitus refers to a misperceived sound that is not externally audible. Patients describe it as buzzing or ringing or clicking or pulsating. And even akin to a factory working in my brain is another one that I've heard. It can be loud or it can be only faintly audible when it's quiet. It can involve only one ear or both. But for most, it is intermittent, but it can become chronic in about one in four sufferers. It is often worse in the mornings upon awakening, at bedtime, or when it's most quiet. And this is because our brains are really good at tuning it out and tuning out other unnecessary stimuli. So when there are other noises in the room, the nuisance is not as well perceived. Most people that experience it tell me that it's not bothersome, but on occasion, a patient will tell me that it's severe enough to interfere with their daily lives. I hear this more commonly in my elderly patients. So what can cause it? Well, most cases of tinnitus are benign and nothing serious. Most causes are due to tiny damage to the hair cells that line the inner ear. So just like arthritis and joint changes with age, this can be due to normal wear and tear through age, but other factors can also contribute. So here are some factors that have been reported in studies to increase risk of tinnitus. First of all, age, like I mentioned, the risk for tinnitus development increases as we get older. It tends to be higher prevalence in non-Hispanic whites as well. Noise exposure is another risk factor. Work-related noise, especially when it's chronic, things like concerts, listening to even loud music, and exposure to firearm noises. These are all risk factors for development of tinnitus. Tinnitus also seems to occur more in patients that have hypertension and also those with prior cigarette smoking. And anxiety disorder, and or depression. Those with temporomandibular joint disorder, or TMJ, this is a topic that I've previously covered, they also tend to have a higher chance of developing tinnitus. Hearing loss is another risk factor. In fact, it's actually, it composes the the greatest group of people who suffer from tinnitus, and it is the top cause of tinnitus. Meniere's disease. These patients report a triad of symptoms to include tinnitus, but also hearing loss and dizziness as well. Medications. Aspirin and other non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, or NSAIDs. Some blood pressure medications. Benzodiazepines. Drugs used to treat prostate enlargement. Certain antibiotics. And proton pump inhibitors used to treat stomach acid. These all can cause tinnitus as a side effect. Trauma to the head and neck. This is secondary to trauma to the blood vessels and or the nerves in the vicinity of the ear. That can cause tinnitus. 
so can a few other very uncommon but more serious causes of tinnitus. One is a tumor of the vestibular nerve or other nearby structures. Another are blood vessel disorders. And thirdly, neurologic disorders. Tinnitus that is described as clicking often but not always reflects muscle spasms of the muscles surrounding the ear and ear canal. And a pulsating description can sometimes be due to blood vessel anomalies that really warrant further investigation. Therefore, it's important to thoroughly describe the sound when you're discussing it with your doctor in order to help them delineate the cause. Now, most cases of tinnitus can be observed, but a thorough head and neck exam by your doctor may be all that is necessary. However, brain imaging such as MRIs and CT scans can be used to rule out less common causes if there's a concern. A hearing test is a more useful and more easily accessible test to rule out one of the most common causes, hearing loss. So now that you have tinnitus, what can you do about it? Well, unfortunately, there's no cure for tinnitus. However, it's often manageable by learning to trick your brain into tuning it out. I would suggest white noise, a fan, a clock, light music, or there's now even apps for white noise that simulate all of these sounds and more. Treating any hearing loss can also diminish tinnitus, and it does so by tricking your brain into tuning out the tinnitus since other noises are enhanced in the environment. In a nutshell, tinnitus is most often a benign symptom and a very common one that reflects any minute changes in the auditory system, including hearing loss, which is the most common cause, and not a serious condition in most. However, those very infrequent causes are enough to truly warrant a thorough discussion and exam by your doctor. So share your ideas and learn more quick and dirty tips with us on the House Call Doctors Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest pages. And if you learned anything here today or simply enjoy all things medical, you can also listen and subscribe to the House Call Doctor podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. But please note that all content here is strictly for informational purposes only. It doesn't substitute any medical advice and it doesn't replace any medical judgment or reasoning by your own personal health provider. So please always seek a licensed physician in your area regarding all health-related questions and issues. Well, thanks again for tuning in this week. Catch you next time.